Hello, this is Comeback. This is Connor. This is episode 161. My guest today is Serena Horton. Serena is initially from the UK and spent some time a few years ago in Thailand teaching, which is reasonably similar to what I'm currently doing, being from the UK and teaching in Vietnam. We're going to talk today about Serena's time in Thailand and teaching and also her current work where she is a life coach. We're going to discuss both practices. Serena, welcome to come back. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Really well, thank you. Excellent. So just before we dive into the work that you've done and are doing, do you mind just giving me a brief overview about you as in whereabouts are you from the UK and what was your life like before Thailand, if that makes sense? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so I'm from a place called Coventry, which is in the West Midlands. Um, but I have lived uh, all over the UK, really. Um, and I was sort of the best, the most part of my life spent in Droitwich. Um, I lived there for 25 years. I, um, well, in a nutshell, I um, became a mum at the age of 18. So um, my sort of, I sort of did everything a different way around to most people so uh, I was a young mom and obviously all the struggles that came with that and um, I got to about 27 and thought right I need to you know sort of do something with my life so I thought then that that meant uh, you know going back to uni getting a degree which I did um, and then it was going to go into land me this dream job that I thought would you know solve all my problems and I'd live happily ever after so that's kind of what happened. I graduated uh, September 2011, um, started a new job in HR in the following month. Uh, and in the November, uh, I was realising that actually this, what I thought was it, was not all it was cracked up to be. Um, my dad had moved to Thailand um, about 10 years prior to this, and I'd been out first of all for a two-week holiday and the second time I took myself and my son who was nine at the time and we traveled around um, Thailand and Malaysia for three months and I just absolutely fell in love with the place and it just opened a part of my brain that you know I didn't know was there before and I saw there was a different way to live basically and it wasn't all about you know having this job and getting a mortgage and da 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 so um so yeah and it was quite spontaneous really what how I, I came to go because my dad um had said to me I was very unhappy um on and off and I was as I say clutching at different things to try and make that better and then when obviously when I got this job and um I still wasn't happy I spoke to my dad and he said you know why don't you just come out here you you're a female you you speak English you know there'll be opportunities you can teach and I kind of battered it off and thought oh, that's ridiculous you know I've got and how could I possibly do that um and then one freezing cold November morning and this is literally how it happened I woke up and I had to get up earlier to de-ice the car and I thought I cannot do this anymore like I cannot keep living this life anymore I'm so unhappy um and I sent an email to my dad and just said dad um can you help me I'm gonna come out there and teach um but I don't know where to start 
and I had at the time 300 about 300 and something pounds saved in a little savings account to my name and uh, I used that to book my TAFL course and I went and done that in the December um, which was like a two-day intensive uh, over in Birmingham and then a lot of sort of online study so I completed I'd completed it by the end of January and booked my flights for I think it was the 8th of March and off I went basically um, with me and my son and we lived there for 18 months so it was quite yeah it was quite spontaneous. Yeah that does sound it up, up until that point had you ever done any teaching or anything like it or was it literally a right, this is something completely new and I'm just going to dive into it. So I can't speak Thai. That was my biggest, um, my biggest fear, actually, which which didn't I didn't even think about once I was there. Um, and lots of other people I've spoken to that have reached out for advice. They always say the same thing, but I can't speak the language. Um, so I went on to my um over to my my classroom course to do it and I was still at this point very uh, apprehensive and you know still being a bit like oh god how am I going to do this how am I going to make it work and I got into the room and I was instantly I was like I found my people you know I was in a room full of people who you know some had had no teaching experience some had had teaching experience but none of them were letting that stand in the way and the course was amazing it was absolutely amazing I had a great great teacher and met some great people and after I did that I, I knew there was there was no there was no looking back um he explained it and it's you know they want they don't want you to speak any Thai they want you just to be speaking in English and I understood that then so it gave me a bit more confidence um and yeah that and then from there I kind of didn't look back I just got the coursework finished as quick as possible and off I went, still a little bit nervous, I'm not going to lie, but um, everything just fell into place really nicely. Yeah, no, I can imagine the nerves. I was re pretty similar when I made the leap to Vietnam. So we've covered the point before Thailand. Do you mind telling me what was it like when you'd first arrived in Thailand, say the initial, the first two weeks or the first month, what was that like? So, um, yeah, I was, it was, it was a mixture of emotions. Um, I didn't go with a time frame in mind, you know, I booked two single tickets, so it might be forever, it might be for 10 years, it might be for 10 weeks, I, I didn't know, um, but I knew that I'd left a lot behind and I had to sort of give things a really good go. Um, so the first couple of weeks was um, like a holiday, really. <laughs> Was very excited and the prospect of this you know new life and going around looking for a place to live and that kind of thing um and then I think it was about I've been there about two or three weeks and I managed to secure a job um at the local government primary school which was perfect that's what I wanted that's exactly where I wanted to be um uh the process it wasn't easy I'm not gonna lie um there was anyone who's lived and worked abroad will know it's and I'm sure it's the same in whatever country but it was very difficult getting the visas and making sure you had the right information and nobody really seemed to know what the correct thing was and it was it was very much um uh sort of 
just go with it and see what happens. So, um, but once I'd found somewhere to live and I've got some transport and I've got my job, um, I needed to sort out my son because obviously, you know, he was young, a young boy in a, in a new country and that came with its, with its own challenges as well. So, but again, you know, it was a lot of trial and error. We found him a school. Um, he made friends. He joined the local football team. Um, the first school didn't work out too well, but the next one did. And it was just a huge learning curve. And then once, once we kind of settled, and it probably took around, I'd say, three months for everything to really settle down because when I arrived the school were just breaking for their long summer break so I had quite a long time to to get things together before I started work and luckily by the time I did start work um you know all of our day-to-day stuff was sorted so so yeah and then once I the, the job itself um was amazing I loved it it was um a very natural thing to me um it came very naturally to to teach I had a good rapport with the children um it was a culture shock working they work very differently over there and there's different expectations but I absolutely I, I loved it I enjoyed every second of it excellent and whereabouts in Thailand were you so I lived and worked in a place called Prichuk Kirikan which is um it's Pretoria's province and this was like the town of the province so um it was quite a small quite a small place not very touristy um but you know it had a, a little ex, expat community um and because my dad this is where my dad lived as well so uh, you know I'd already kind of been there I'd met I had made some friends and I kind of adopted dad's friends as mine too so nice yeah I like that idea and did you get to explore more of Thailand, i.e. the big places, you know, Bangkok, etc. during your time there? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I had travelled, um, I travelled it anyway for three months um, and I went to a lot of places during that time. But yeah, we used to go to Bangkok a lot. Our nearest, uh, our nearest sort of touristy hotspot, if you like, was um, Hua Hin. And we often have for weekends because I think it was around like... 40 minutes or something um in the van in the minivan um and we'd we'd go up there for our western fixes so we'd get a mcdonald's and go to the um you know the english supermarket and stock up and heinz baked beans and things like that um and we were backwards and forwards to bangkok quite a bit as well for the same reasons but also to do the formal stuff to do with visas and work permits etc so yeah and we we did then um during the holidays uh because there's a lot of holidays in thailand like you, would, you wouldn't even know you just go in one day and then say oh today holiday so um and during that time then we go down to the islands and spend time down there and that was like our weekends away in the uk would be like uh, western supermare and our weekends away when we lived in thailand would be like coast marie or somewhere like that so yeah it's lovely yeah, for real. I'm, I've got similar vibes here where a weekend away, you get to go to a beach where it'll be 35 degrees whilst at home it would be Blackpool. So <laughs> there's quite a contrast, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I was so lucky as well because the place that I lived, um, it then that cause, because of the fact that there wasn't many tourists there, it's the beaches. 
you know, I did used to get homesick and um, I just remember that whenever I really felt that kind of like, you know, that kind of gut feeling of like, oh, I'm really missing home, I'd just get on my little bike and go down to the seafront and then as soon as I got there, it would just all disappear because it was so beautiful. Yeah, for real. And this question might be slightly tricky, but based on your experience in Thailand, how would you sum it up what it's like to live in Thailand? For example, Vietnam, I would describe it as chaotic, streets full of motorbikes, pollution, incredible food, extremely hot weather, uh, a busy, uh, chaotic place in Saigon. How would you describe Thailand? I know that might be different from where you lived in comparison to a place like Bangkok but as an a general overview how would you talk about Thailand in terms of living there yes so um again I was really lucky to live in a place that was um you know relatively unspoiled and very beautiful and quiet and very 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 cheap living and things like that so how would I describe my whole experience um despite the fact that I lived in this beautiful place it was chaos like living and working in Thailand and trying to um you know you know visas passports and um, work permits anything like that was was utter chaos and I dread it and you know I remember making a trip down to Malaysia to um to get my one of my visas sorted out and just absolutely not having any faith whatsoever that I had the right documents because you know nobody seemed to know you'd ask one person their toes would be completely different so yeah it was chaotic it was um but it was beautiful and it was slower. It was a much, so once you've got those bits and bobs done and you, you know, I remember when I had all my work home and everything and I was ready just to settle and live, then life did slow down and it became very, a lot more peaceful. I had felt like I had a lot more time. Um, the food was amazing. It was so cheap. I never ran out of money, you know? One thing I noticed was that back home you know if somebody said oh do you want to go to so and so it would always be a case of oh wow you know I need to see what money I've got because um whereas in in Thailand people don't really plan far ahead so it's like do you want to come with us to here today and I never had to think about whether I had enough money to do it because it was it was just everything was doable anything I wanted to do I could do um yeah I don't know what else to say about that really yeah, okay, that's exactly the same as Vietnam, where money isn't an issue most of the time. It's so refreshing yeah. knowing that you can do it and you don't have to just look at the look at the finances. It's such a lovely security. Absolutely. And also that people over there, my Thai friends and also, you know, expat friends that I met from all different places, there was no, like... Um, there was no age restrictions like you know one of my best best friends that I met out there um, was a French guy and he was 19 at the time and I was 32 I think and you know but then on the other side of it I had really good friends that were like in their 60s and 70s and it, it none of it mattered you know there was none of that um it just didn't matter over there and and equally 
you know how in the UK, like we save everything, we save all of our special occasions for the weekend or the holidays or whatever. Whereas in Thailand, people just live like the Thais and the expats. Like we would just live, you know, if we wanted to do something, we'd just do it. It wasn't a case of, oh, but it's Wednesday and I've got to be up at eight. And, you know, it was just a completely laid back, relaxed lifestyle. Yeah, of course. No, I do. I do think that about the UK. There, there is a reason I left. But yeah, I, I like hearing <laughs> those stories about Thailand. So I did read your blog for the TEFL, but do you mind telling me what was it like then coming back from Thailand after 18 months? Firstly, uh, if you don't mind me asking, why did you do it? And then how was the experience of settling back in the UK? So, yeah, this is a bit of a... Um bit of a, a crazy story as well because I hadn't planned to come back when I did um, my my grandma got really sick and she was dying and I really wanted to to come back and say my goodbye so um, at this point as well my son was getting to an age where I think he was starting to struggle a little, little bit with um, you know I think he wanted to kind of be around his friends and things so anyway the the plan was well the loose plan because from 18 months living in Thailand I sort of given up planning everything was just kind of spur of the moment and I um I just packed a bag and I said to my son well you know we'll see how things are when we're home and if you feel like staying when we get home you can stay and I'll come back and um finish um my contract and then so it, it was all kind of like that so I just packed a bag and left my house and I had housemate as well there and I uh, came back uh, said my goodbyes to my nan and actually when I got back to the UK I realized that I'd really missed um not so much my family I did miss my family but you know we spoke a lot but I actually really missed uh having female my female friends around me my English female friends that um that I don't know it was just a kind of different level of friendship you know I had really really good Thai like, girlfriends over there but we could never it was only go, go to a certain level with chat and things like that because of the language barrier so it was really nice to be back and I really enjoyed it I enjoyed being home and um after I still wasn't sure what I was going to do I was um a little bit in limbo um my son though he wanted to stay so I sorted all that out with him in school and then I ended up going on a date with somebody and uh, we got together and I fell in love and I ended up staying in the UK I didn't go back to Thailand um, and it felt like absolutely the right thing to do um, yeah whilst I'd settled back settled in my personal um, life my work life was not it never it never did if I'm honest it never did um, I just couldn't I, I wasn't I knew that I wasn't built for for working in a nine-to-five office um I didn't you know I just didn't get any fulfillment and because I'd come from a job where I had so much fulfillment it was really difficult um and I, I, I so I was living in a place where I was surrounded by like-minded people people who you know thought outside the box and you know wanted to live their life whereas in the in the bank you know I, I remember distinctly remember um, you know we'd have these employee of the month ceremony things and people were getting applauded because they'd had 25 years service and I remember like feeling sick in my stomach at the thought of that and thinking I should not be applauding these people I should be you know helping them asking them if they're all right 
Um, and so, yeah, I never ever settled and somehow I managed to plod for six years in that job. Um, but luckily I had um, a long maternity stint and then I was sort of part time after that. So I think that's how I got around it. But um, yes, I never did. I never did settle. And I uh, quit. I quit that last year. Um, so I sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to ask you about your life coaching. So is that where that came from uh, in the last year? So um, it was about, it was when I went back, when I went back to work after maternity leave, um, I was just desperately, desperately unhappy. Um, and I knew for the most part that it was my job, you know, I really did and do still like my life here in the UK. Um, I don't have like a burning desire at the moment to return um, to to Thailand but you know in the future I may but right now you know I'm quite settled but it was just the work situation so I um, I would just sit and try and think about what I could do and where you know that would give me a better life and a freer life so I wouldn't be confined to the you know restraints of nine to five um, and then I started to sort of um, do quite a lot of self-development work as well. Um, and I hired a coach myself. Um, and through that, I thought very quickly into that, into my own journey, I thought I could so do this, you know, like the stuff that my coach was talking to me about, I already knew, I'd already studied it. I'd already, um, you know, probably read all the books on it. And, and, I just got really inquisitive and I thought, you know, life and I'm life coach or, you know, it's a bit American, isn't it? And, but actually I delved into it and looked at it and I thought, yeah, this, this is what I need to do. You know, I even, I went to, um, I went to Warwick Uni to look about doing a course uh, in counselling because I, at first I thought, oh, counselling. And I remember the lady said to me, and I hadn't mentioned to her that, I, I, you know, I'd been looking at life coaching and she said to me, you know, I really see you not as a, as a, as a counsellor, but I see from what your personality is showing me, I see you as a coach, you're a doer, uh, sorry, a coach, because you're a doer and, you know, you, you know how to, to work with mindset and, and yeah. And, and then I walked out there and I was like, yes, I do actually. And I just put my heart and soul into it. And I started doing coaching um, a couple of years ago, um, but I officially went with it and started my own business in, January this year. Oh, excellent. And how have you found that since you started your business? What's it been like so far? It's been amazing. It's been a, been a journey. Um, it's, I think, uh, the, the, you know, the beat the, when I'm sat in with a client and I'm coaching, I'm absolutely in my genius zone then but it's the other stuff in the background like the marketing and things like that that I never even really gave any consideration to so it's not without its challenges um but it's I I knew I knew in my in my gut for a long time that it couldn't possibly fail because I knew that it was it was what I was meant to do I, I just knew um and as time went on and the more sort of effort I put in and the more belief I gave in, just that refusal really to let it, you know, like, no, this can't fail because this is what I'm meant to do. Um, and then the doors just keep opening. And um, in 
I think, the, well, in May, I was offered some um, some work through the, the mental health charity Mind, which I do still do work for now and again. Um, and um, it ended up, long story short, but the GP practice where I was, they um, took an interest in me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing a one year contract with them. Um, for the NHS as a mental health and wellbeing coach <laughs> um, so it just kind of like fell into my lap um, which is amazing so I'm doing that as well as now my one-to-one clients and and things so yeah, yeah no regrets it's all going really well yeah it brings me back to an adage where sometimes the universe works in mysterious ways but it does have your back and whether this be you moving back from Thailand or you pursuing your life coaching career now it seems like the universe is looking out for you absolutely in fact um it's really funny and and thailand really really links into everything that i've that i do now because um i never really ever that part of my brain hadn't opened up in terms of self-development and things like that um until I was in Thailand and I was taking my son to Bangkok airport as he was coming back to the UK for a month and I was really really in a state about it because we'd never been apart and he was flying solo and you know all of that and I wasn't sure how I was going to cope without him and anyway got him on the plane and I had an hour or so to kill and I stumbled into a bookshop in Thailand and I found a book and you know it's so annoying because I don't remember and I don't have it because I left it in my house over there the name of the book but it was basically um you've everyone's heard of The Secret by Rhonda Byrne and this book was um and I'd heard of that book but I'd never read it I didn't really know much about it but this was like um explaining the secret so it would take bits and then it would you know explain it and and um anyway I thought oh I'm just gonna read that and I was so down and I got on the the coach back to Pratchett where I lived Uh, it was a three and a half hour coach journey and I read that book for the entire journey and my life my whole life changed on that coach journey I literally I got off the I got off the coach and I got home and I continued reading it and from that day onwards I learned about you know law of attraction and how the universe has your back and you know it took me down various other different avenues and you know I studied a bit of Buddhism and meditation and and all of that and all of that now is an absolute like fundamental part of my everyday life so yeah that was kind of where I had my um first first insight to that in Thailand so I wouldn't be doing this now if it wasn't for that coach journey and, and finding that book at that time yeah no things do happen for a reason the next Mm. questions are going to be slightly advice centered the first one Mm -hmm. if there was anybody considering hiring a coach uh, considering it but not sure where to start or unsure whether it's the right move based on your experience what advice would you give to them um it's my it is my personal opinion that everybody could do with coaching in some area of their life I really really believe that um but I get that it's it's quite new still and it's quite daunting it can be expensive as well 
Well, it depends how you think. I mean, for me, when I first sort of looked at courses and things, I'd be like, wow, I'm not paying that much money, you know? But actually now that I'm a coach and I'm also a coachee, I completely like support investing money in your own self-development. I think it's literally the most important thing in the world and the best place to put your money. But I do get that it is it is daunting, especially if you're new to it. I would say start off with a few books um listen to a few podcasts it's a very personal very 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 personal thing it's coaching and I think you have to find that person that you really relate to and that um you're sharing you know you're sharing and you can uh oh I can't think what the word is but yeah just 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 test the water there's so much free content out there any good coach in the industry um will you know will swamp their their social media with free content so go and dip your toe in there it's not going to cost you anything other than your time and then you know if you feel like if you feel like tasting more go for something that that costs lower and just slowly work work your way up to whatever it is you, you want to be but yeah just go and have a look what have you got to lose I love that mantra and also if there was somebody looking at teaching abroad, which is what you and I have both done, again, based on your experience, what advice would you give them if they are considering it? I would say don't think about it for too long. If you've got, don't ignore the niggle, right? So the gut always, always knows. Uh, we can override what our gut tells us, and I do it frequently, even now to my peril um but you really want to try something but then you're coming up with 10 reasons why it would be a bad idea but your gut still but you've still got it you've still got that niggle do not ignore that it's telling you to go and have a go and also the worst case scenario no such thing as a failure um you know I packed up my life I didn't own a house I didn't had a little 500 pound car I packed up my life into two suitcases and I had two thousand pounds to my name and my son with his family and things like that and we went and we took risks and there were tears at times and there were tantrums and frustrations for both of us but actually now I mean my son is now 20 um I'm going to have dinner with him tonight actually and he is itching to get back out and do some work abroad he's actually training to be a professional jockey at the moment and again that's a risky thing to do and you know a big sort of gamble to take but I truly believe and I know if you asked him he'd tell you the exact same thing that this confidence with that has come from from living there and there's not a single part of him or me that regrets it so yeah go for it and Serena, based on everything you've achieved so far and your career to date, the question that I always like to leave the guest with at the end is what's next? What would you like to achieve going forward in the near future? So, yeah, this is a question. Um, this year has been the most craziest year of my probably entire life in terms of um, big life changes. Um, and 
right now I'm going through quite a nice content period of rest and digest. So I'm just um, I, I'm just settling and I'm just feeling quite content with everything as it is. However, my niggle um, that I can't ignore and I literally wake up in the morning and it's there and thinking about it is my business and growing my business to a level where um, I can make uh, a good enough income doing complete one-to-one so that I don't so that I'm not sort of still working with with organizations um, and therefore giving me the freedom to travel because travel is my absolute passion and whilst I'm quite happy and content right now I wouldn't rule out um, living abroad again in the future for sure I think that will be happening at some point any countries come to mind or are you just going to dip your toe when the time comes and see? No, no countries that are, have come to mind. Um, I prob- I, what I would say is that if I did it again, I would definitely do it in Europe um, because I'd like to experience that. I'd like to experience, um, you know, a night a a more laid-back lifestyle um but be a bit closer to home and have a little bit more familiarity around me now I don't know whether that's because of my daughter's age I'm not sure but that's kind of my thinking at the moment but I've no immediate plans um just to build build my business it's my passion now and I want to just put, put my efforts into that excellent and where can we find out more about your business online or on social media So um, you can visit my website, which is um, serenalindsay.com. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Serena Lindsay Wellbeing. And that's Serena Lindsay with a Z, Z-I. Um, yeah, you can find me on there. Excellent. Well, Serena, thank you very much for your time today, both to discuss life as an expert teaching abroad and also your coaching practice. I really appreciate it and keep up the good work moving forward. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I've really enjoyed chatting.